Welcome to Zichud Avsiman Mem Rabbi Avram Goldar, and today we're Masechus Psachim Daf Mem Aleph. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Mishnah and Daf Mem Amin Bey stated, "Ema Vashni as a Pesach of a Mashkin, Peros. One may not cook the Pesach, neither in wickets nor in fruit juices." A Brisa discussing the source of the showing taught that the Pesach states, "You shall not eat of it," meaning the Pesach cooked in water. Now, Eimu B'Maim Shar Mashkin Menayim. Based on the Pesach, only a Pesach cooked in water is forbidden to eat. From where do I know that it may not be eaten if it was cooked in other liquids? So it's a kavachomer. Since water, which is not mafikin taman, it doesn't impart its flavor to the meat, yet the meat is forbidden to eat, then other liquids, which do impart their flavor to their meat, or kolshikane, should the meat not be forbidden all the more so? Now, Rebbe disagrees and says that the source is from the pasuk or cooked cooked. The extra word comes to teach that it's forbidden in any circumstance, meaning even if cooked in other liquids. Now, the practical difference between these two sources is slikadar, a Pesach made as pot roast, where it's only cooked in its own fat. According to the Tanakhama, it should be permitted, since it's not flavored by external liquids, and therefore the Kavachomer doesn't apply. According to Rebbe, it is forbidden because it was cooked in a liquid. Point number two, Rav Chisit said, HaMavashal B'chamei Tiveri B'Shabbos Pater, one who cooks something in the hot springs of Tiveri on Shabbos' Pater, Pesach Shabbashal B'chamei Tiveri Chayev. However, one who eats a Pesach that was cooked in the Chamei Tiveri is Chayev. The Quran asks what the difference is. If one's not liable for cooking in these springs on Shabbos, that told us Eish Be'in and Malaika because we require a derivative of fire, and that's lacking, then with regard to the Pesach as well, the spring is not a derivative of fire, and therefore one should not be liable for eating a Pesach that was cooked in it. Rabbi answered that Rav Chista meant that one is Chayev to Ka'avr Mishum Eish because he transgressed the mitzvah to eat the Pesach only if it was roasted by fire. Point number three, Rav said, If one ate the Pesach partially roasted, he gets two sets of lashes. Rashi explains that he's lashed one set for eating it partially raw, and one set for the transgression that one should not eat it except roasted by fire. If he ate it cooked, he incurs two sets of lashes. Not If he ate one measure partially raw and one measure boiled, he incurs three sets of lashes. Abai said, One does not incur lashes for a generalized prohibition. Rashi explains that the prohibition of not eating it except roasted over fire is a generalized prohibition since it covers all forms of Pesach meat not roasted, such as raw, partially raw, and cooked. So there are two interpretations of Abai's opinion. There are those that say he doesn't incur two sets of lashes. However, he does get one set of malchus if he only violated a generalized prohibition. And there are those that say that when he has only transgressed a generalized prohibition, he doesn't get any malchus. Because its prohibition is not specific as it is in the case of the prohibition against muzzling, which is specific. This love is juxtaposed next to Malchus in the Torah, from which we learn that one only receives Malchus for specific prohibitions. So once again, the three points are. Number one. The Mishnah and Daf Mem Amin Bey stated, One may not cook the Pesach, neither in wickets nor in fruit juices. A Brisa discussing the source of the showing taught that the Pesach states, you shall not eat of it, meaning the Pesach, cooked in water. Now, English B'mayim, Based on the Pasuk, only a Pesach cooked in water is forbidden to eat. From where do I know that it may not be eaten if it was cooked in other liquids? So it's a Kavachomer. Since water, which is not Mephikin Taman, it doesn't impart its flavor to the meat, yet the meat is forbidden to eat, then other liquids, which do impart their flavor to their meat, should the meat not be forbidden all the more so? A Rebbe disagrees and says that the source is from the Pasuk of Ushal or cooked, cooked, the extra word comes to teach that it's forbidden in any circumstance, meaning even if cooked in other liquids. Now, the practical difference between these two sources is slikadar, a Pesach made as pot roast, where it's only cooked in its own fat. 
according to the Tanakhama, should be permitted since it's not flavored by external liquids, and therefore the Kavachomer doesn't apply. According to Rebbe, it is forbidden because it was cooked in a liquid. Point number two, Rav Chisit said, Hamavashal b'chamik teveri b'shabbos pater, one who cooks something in the hot springs of teveri on shabbos is pater, Pesach shabashal b'chamik teveri chayev. However, one who eats a Pesach that was cooked in the chamik teveri is chayev. The Gemara asks what the difference is. If one's not liable for cooking in these springs on Shabbos that told us Eish be'in and Malika because we require a derivative of fire and that's lacking, then with regard to the Pesach as well, the spring is not a derivative of fire and therefore one should not be liable for eating a Pesach that was cooked in it. Rabbi answered that Rav Chista meant that one is chayev to ka'avr mishum Eish because he transgressed the mitzvah to eat the Pesach only if it was roasted by fire. Point number three, Rabbi said, If one ate the Pesach partially roasted, he gets two sets of lashes. Rashi explains that he's lashed one set for eating it partially raw, and one set for the transgression that one should not eat it except roasted by fire. If he ate it cooked, he incurs two sets of lashes. Not If he ate one measure partially raw and one measure boiled, he incurs three sets of lashes. Abai said, One does not incur lashes for a generalized prohibition. Rashi explains that the prohibition of not eating it except roasted over fire is a generalized prohibition since it covers all forms of Pesach meat not roasted, such as raw, partially raw, and cooked. So there are two interpretations of Abai's opinion. There are those that say he doesn't incur two sets of lashes. However, he does get one set of malchus if he only violated a generalized prohibition. And there are those that say that when he has only transgressed a generalized prohibition, he doesn't get any malchus. Because its prohibition is not specific as it is in the case of the prohibition against muzzling, which is specific. This love is juxtaposed next to Malkus in the Torah, from which you learn that one only receives Malkus for specific prohibitions. All right, so now we got our sim for Daf Mem Aleph, and our sim is related to Ma, but we use a grandma to make it a little more distinct. So here goes. The grandma decided to prepare a pot roast carbon Pesach. When her grandkids told her they would not eat the one cooking in the Chami Tiberia, lest they incur multiple sets of lashes. Once again, in slow motion. The grandma, grandma, that must be run off Mem Olive. The grandma decided to prepare a pot roast carbon Pesach, which reminds us that the Pesach only refers to the prohibition of cooking a Pesach in water. And a Bryson brought him is how we know that one cannot cook it in other liquids as well. The Tanakhama learns that if it's forbidden to cook in water, which doesn't impart taste, all the more so would be forbidden to cook in liquids that do impart taste. Rebbe learns it from the double Russian of Bashel Muvushal. The extra word teaches the prohibition applies to any liquid. The nafkamina between them is a pot roast, where the carbon is cooking in its own fat. The tanakam would permit it since it isn't flavored by external liquids, whereas Rebbe would prohibit it because it's cooking in a liquid. So the grandma decided to prepare a pot roast carbon Pesach, when her grandkids told her they would not eat the one cooking in the Chami Taveria, which reminds us that Rav Chisit said the reason one who cooks the carbon Pesach in the Chami Taveria is chayev is not for transgressing the prohibition of cooking the carbon, since the spring is on a tolda fire, and therefore it's not considered cooking. Rather, it's for transgressing the mitzvah to eat the Pesach only if it was roasted by fire. So the grandma decided to prepare a pot roast carbon Pesach, when her grandkids told her they would not eat the one cooking in the Chami Taveria, lest they incur multiple sets of lashes. Which reminds us that Samachok is in a case where one ate the carbon partially raw and cooked. Rav says he gets three sets of lashes, one which includes the generalized prohibition of not eating the Pesach except roasted. Abai says one does not incur lashes for a love Shabbat a generalized prohibition. There's a Samachok is whether Abai means he never gets lashed or that he would get lashed if that was his only transgression. So once again, the grandma decided to prepare a pot roast carbon Pesach. When her grandkids told her they would not eat the one cooking in the Chami Taveria, lest they incur multiple sets of lashes. 
All right, now it's time for four blah back Chazorah. Daf Lamed Zayin. So the similar Lamed Zayin is laser tag. So here goes. The laser tag team. Laser tag. That must be more on Daf Lamed Zayin. The laser tag team had to beat the clock and find hidden tefach the cloves in less time than it takes for going to bake the lechem upon him. Which reminds us that there's a Malchus Beisham Beisol regarding baking Pasava, which initially we believe is regarding baking a thick loaf off to a tefak thick, which is learned from the Lechem Apanim. When Rav Yosef refused his understanding, since the Lechem Apanim could be baked up to a tefak thick, because there were a number of factors that helped ensure it didn't become chametz, the Malchus is understood to be about Pasma Ruba, baking a lot of loaves in the oven at the same time, beyond one's neumptive needs. Beishamay forbids it because of Tirka Yasera, whereas Beishol permits it because baking a lot of loaves together improves the taste of the bread. So the laser tag team had to beat the clock and find hidden tefach thick loaves in less time than it takes for coming to bake the lechem upon him, and then laser decorative designs on them, which reminds us about the concern of baking matzahs with sriki mitzuyarim decorative designs. The concern is that women will tarry while decorating them and the dough will become chametz. One opinion is that the concern is only with professional bakers who are meticulous and take their time because they intend to sell these matzahs. Others say the concern is only with ordinary people, but professional bakers are adept, plus they have stamps that enable them to decorate quickly. So the laser tag team had to beat the clock and find hidden tefach thick loaves in less time it takes for Khanim to bake the lechem upon him, and then laser decorative designs on them while they were frying in pans and exempt from challah. Which reminds us of the Malchus whether loaves fried in a pan are put from the need to separate challah. Reish Lakish says they are, since fried loaves are not considered lechem. Rabbi Yochanan holds they are chai because they are considered bread, and only loaves baked in the sun are exempt from hafrash's challah. They would also disagree in a case where bread was fried in a pan where the flame was opposite the top of the pan since this is considered a normal way of frying for poor people who want to conserve fuel. So the similar Lamed Ches is a double lach, and we use chicken soup. So here goes. The exotic chicken soup. Chicken soup, that must be one daf Lamed Ches, a double lach. The exotic chicken soup served with Meisr Shani, Chala, Esrogim, and matzah balls, which reminds us that Ravasi said that the Machus bin Rabbi Meir and the Chami regarding Meisr Shani, whether it's Maman Gavoa and Pachim Chala, or Maman Hediot, personal property, and Chayvan Chala, also applies with using Meisr Shani for an Esrog, where the Pasuk says it will kachtem lechem, and you should take yours, and with using Meisr Shani for Matzah, where there's a Gezer Shava of Lechem, Lechem, connecting the Lechem from Chala to the Lechem of Lechem Oni. So the exotic chicken soup served with Meisr Shani, Chala, Esrogim, and Matzah balls was sold next to the stall that marketed Totalos and Nazir wafers, which reminds us two different sources were brought for why Chala's a Toto Nazir that one made for himself cannot be used to fulfill one's Chiyuv for Chiyuv's Matzah. Rabbi said that the Pasuk states, Ushmartim etza matzos, and you shall safeguard the matzos, matzah mishtamer shoshem matzah. This teaches that only matzah that's guarded from becoming leaven for the sake of matzah may be used in Mekai in the midst of excluding those which are guarded, not for the sake of the midst of matzah, but ushum zebach, for the sake of the offering. Rabbi Yosef brought the Pasuk, Shivas Yamim, mitzvah tochelu, seven days you shall eat matzahs, matzah and nechelus, Shivas Yamim. This teaches that only matzah that can be eaten for seven days may be used for the chiyuv matzah excluding these which are not eaten for seven days, but for one day and one night. So the exotic chicken soup served with Meisr Shani Chala, Esrogim, and Matzah Balls was sold next to the stall that marketed total loaves and Nazir wafers, where the owner was wrapping them up to take home his matzah, since business was slow. Which reminds us that Rabbi explained the reason that Chala is a total rikike Nazir, that one intended to sell, can be used to fulfill one's chiyah for Achilles Matzah, is that one anticipates changing his mind vis-a-vis all the matzahs he makes for sale. The person says to himself, if they're sold for a person's toad or nazar offering, they're sold. But if they're not sold, I'll fulfill my chiyo for matzah with them. Daf Lamates, the symbol of Lamates, is a letter. So here goes. The yeshiva pre-Pesach fundraising drive featured sending out letters. Letters? That must be more on Daf Lamates. 
the yeshiva pre-Pesach fundraising drive featured sending out letters with letters in them, certifying that they are Mohudr Mar, which reminds us that the Lichachil form of Mar is Chazeres, which is Chasa, lettuce, and it's called Chasa because the Kush Baruch Hu was Chas on us, he had mercy on us, and that the Mitzrim are compared to Mar because they started off soft and paid us for our labor and then ended up hard and forced us to work for no pay. So the Yeshiva pre-Pesach fundraising drive featured sending out letters with lettuce in them, certifying that they are Mohudr Maror, grown from the ground, not from a tree, and totally edible. Which reminds us that Maror must be similar to Mutz in so much that it comes from a substance that is grown from the ground, it's herbage, and it's edible, and also can come from many different species, just like Mutz can. So the Yeshiva pre-Pesach fundraising drive featured sending out letters with lettuce in them, certifying they are Mohudr Maror, grown from the ground, not from a tree, and totally edible, along with a piece of Mutz that they touted as totally chametz-proof. Which reminds us that unleavened foods which are baked or cooked after being baked, as well as flour that is scalded, cannot become chametz if water comes in contact with them. Daf Mem. So the simmer Daf Mem is mime, and we use a swimming pool. So here goes. The beware of chimutz event by the pool. Pool. That must mean we're in Daf Mem. The beware of chimutz event by the pool featured fascinating demonstrations of scalding two wheat kernels with boiling water, which reminds us that the Gemara brings several activities to avoid since they might result in the chimutz of grain. One should not thicken a pot of food, even with flour of oven-dried grain. One should scald in boiling water two kernels of wheat together, for one kernel will perhaps shift and settle in the cleft of the other, and the bubbling boiling water will not get to them on all four sides, and it will come to chimuts. So the Beware of Chimuts event by the pool featured fascinating demonstrations of scalding two wheat kernels with boiling water, and soaking barley grains briefly in the water, which reminds us that a bright says said, Ein losesinsa orin bepesach, we may not soak barley grains in water on Pesach, even though this should be permitted because the grain was only soaked briefly and didn't absorb water before being dried into the sun. The Rabbanon prohibited it out of concern that people will not be careful enough and the grain will become a chametz. The Bryson continues that if one did soak the barley on Pesach, if the grain split, they are forbidden because they leaven quickly, but if they didn't split, they are permitted since they do not leaven quickly. So the Beware of Chimutz event by the pool featured fascinating demonstrations of scalding two wheat kernels with boiling water and soaking barley grains briefly in the water and then with adding flour to the chorosis dip of mustard, served at the barbecue. Which reminds us that one may not add flour to chorosis, which was a dip containing vinegar made for use with meat, or to mustard, and if he did add flour, it must be eaten immediately according to the Tanakama, Ramir forbids one to eat it. Rav Kahana said that the machlok only applies in the case of flour put in mustard, but in the case of the flour put in the chorosis, all agreed that it must be burned immediately. Rashi explains that the pungency of mustard delays the leavening process. All right, now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which stuff do you learn two different sources for how we know that one cannot cook the carbon Pesach in other liquids besides water? That's on Duff. Memal. Good. Number two. Which stuff do you learn that maro must be like matzah and then it comes from the ground, it's herbage, and is edible? That's on Duff. Lamites. Good. Number three. Which stuff does the Gemara bring several activities to avoid since they might result in chimuts, such as scalding and boiling water, two kernels of wheat, together? That's on Duff. Mem. Good. Number four. Which stuff do you learn why the Mitzrim are compared to Maror? That's on Duff. Lamites. Good. Number five. Which stuff do we have two different sources for why Chalas Atodor Kike Nazar that one makes for himself cannot be used for the mitzvah of Achilles Matzah? That's on Duff. Lamites. Good. Number six. Which stuff do you learn that the Rabban forbids soaking barley grains in water? That's on Duff. Mem. Good. Number seven. Which of the one that people that sell Chalasatot Kik and Nazar have a mind that if they can't sell them, they'll use them for the mitzvah of matzah. That's on Duff. Lamed Ches. Good. Number eight. 
which stuff do we have a concern with baking matzah with sirikimitsuyar and decorative designs? Because one might tarry while decorating and they'll become chametz. That's on daf. Lamed Zion. Good number nine. Which stuff do we have a makol? Because Rav and Abaya, whether one is chay malkas for al gav shabaklavos. That's on daf. Memov. Good. And number ten. Which stuff do we have a one shanap in flour and charosis or chardal? That's on daf. Mem, excellent. All right, that concludes our pop quiz. This is Rabbi Abraham Golden Zikr. We wish you a great day and great learning.